welcome to the EXP Share. I'm Dan. And I'm Dave. And we're here again another week talking about some more video games. Uh, so we're going to kick off today's episode with what we're currently playing. So Dave, what's going on with you this week? Um, not much new uh, going on in my gaming life. Um, been pretty busy this week, and uh, including disassembling my entire gaming cave to do some renovations and hopefully some improvements. Um, but I have spent uh, a bunch more time and, and the bulk of my time this week playing A Boy and His Blob. Um, I've obviously talked about that twice now on this cast, but I will say it, it continues to be a great uh, puzzle platformer. I mentioned the great art style and stuff like that. Uh, I, I will say that I, I still highly recommend it to anybody who goes out there. You know how games go. Sometimes you'll be enamored early on and you might lose uh, interest after a little bit. Uh, but I think the puzzles get more and more difficult and you get more and more tools at your disposal uh, that make it really an enjoyable experience. Um, I will say, though, uh, it, it isn't a 10 out of 10. I do think there are a few mechanics that I don't love later on in the game, uh, but I, I think those can be overlooked uh, for the for the general um, overall experience. So, well, What's your least favorite part? Um, I forget. Did you play through the original NES one or not? Uh, I mean, when I was like five years old. Okay, you didn't do it. <laughs> no. I, I, maybe I'll mention this. Uh, about two years ago, um, Dan and I and a few other friends decided to do uh, an NES challenge, which uh, was a challenge amongst us. that we, we had about like 75 original Nintendo games. And it was a challenge to see who could um, beat the most original Nintendo games. And, and the reason for this is... You know, if you grew up in the era of being a kid when Nintendo was around, it was very, very, very difficult to beat any games. I mean, I think I might have beaten... I definitely beat Super Mario Bros. 2. I probably beat Super Mario Bros. 3. But, like, that might be it for the games I ever actually beat as a kid. Yeah. It was really hard. I mean, none of those games you can just pop in and say, all right, you know... You know, most of them didn't have save states. Like, you couldn't you couldn't save the game. And so... Mm-hmm. It, very difficult, required a lot of attention span that like a four or five, six year old kid didn't have. So in any event, we, we went through this uh, this whole Nintendo challenge thing and most people gave up, but I obviously continued to do it. I think I'm the only one who beat <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, I think like, I only ended up beating games. three games myself. Yeah, which was actually pretty good. Um, some people beat some pretty hard games, uh, but that's kind of what kicked off my crazy collecting habits because I, I wanted to play all the original cartridges. Anyway, that's why I asked about a Buenos Blob, and that, that's one of the first games I played when we did the NES Challenge. Um, but in the original one, um, there was a rocket. Remember, I don't know if you got that far when you were a kid, but like you had one, you, you did all the treasure collecting in the main city and underneath the city, and then you would get a jelly bean that would be a rocket, and then you would rocket off to Blabonia. So the rocket takes a much more integral role in this, and you jump on a rocket and you have to control it and like go through various uh, obstacles. And it's very difficult to control oh. and can get very frustrating. It, it, and it's one of those situations where you feel like you're failing not because of your skills, you're failing because the controls aren't that great. Um, it's not yeah. motion controls or anything, uh, God forbid. It's, it's just that, it's just counterintuitive the way you control it. So I don't love that, uh, but... You know, almost every one of the old jelly beans is there, from like the ladder to the hole to the, you know, yeah. bubble that you can go into water with and stuff. I mean, it's really cool. Um, yeah. And they really do have a ton of throwbacks to the original game that will really make you feel like that's 
you know, probably hit the nostalgia button pretty hard uh, mm-hmm. if you played it when you were a kid. Um, still playing the division. Uh, haven't played it much this week just because work's been so crazy. Um, and the guys I play it with usually play it a little bit earlier in the night than I can get on. So uh, not much progress there. Um, we, I do know that there's DLC coming out. I really don't have much info on it to talk about it. So uh, maybe next week we can we can touch on that if I have a few minutes to play it. Right. Um, and I think that's pretty that's pretty much it. Um, I've added a ton of games to my collection, but nothing else has really gone to the system and been played since then. I made no progress. Yeah, light week for you. Yeah, I you know not light on the wallet because I went a little crazy. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I think we'll talk about this another time. Um, a topic that I am interested to talk about is what's the best way and most efficient way to buy games. But mm-hmm. one thing that keeps on popping up on the Reddit threads are these eBay coupons that yeah. are like $25 off $100. And I've told you about them yeah. before. And and a smart thing for you to do would be to like go on and buy Best Buy cards and then double up with your Gamers Club. But... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when those pop up, I just cannot resist. And I just, you know, and it's like, oh, $25 off, $125. It's like, yeah, but that's $125, $100 I wouldn't have spent. But, you know, I can't resist going on and getting something like a little bit more expensive that I've been waiting on. So yeah. um, I, I, I went a little nuts with that this week. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll go over what I've been uh, playing this week. So... Uh, last week I mentioned that I beat Fallout 4 and I started with the DLC <clears throat> Automatron and this week I actually finished it. Uh, oh really? I finished all the, all the quests. I got, I actually ended up getting every trophy for the Automatron as well. Oh, there wow. weren't that many. It's okay. only like five or six. Um, a 100%. And I, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, they're all bronze trophies. It's not anything difficult to get really. Okay. Um, yeah. but, uh. I ended up liking playing that short little quest line more than anything in the main game. So, um, yeah, do you think I, you'll I would go... say if... What was your question? Uh, do you think you'll go back into Fallout 4 and beat any of the other kind of endings? Uh, you know, I, I'm not really even that interested in like the story aspect of, of them all. Um, right, yeah. So Supposedly there's some like I, I, super secret good ending that doesn't involve. Uh, maybe I shouldn't spoil. The uh, no, no, I, I, I think most people at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think there's. <laughs> if if you play a Fall Four or if you're interested, in it, I don't think even if you haven't played it and you are interested, you probably wouldn't care about the spoiler. I do think that there are some super great endings that don't involve dropping a nuclear bomb on some other faction, um, but yeah. I think they're really difficult to get. Like, you have to follow very specific... Like, you would never stumble upon it. Yeah. Which is actually a, there, one of my complaints about the game. There's a way to not piss everyone off, I think, mm-hmm. is, is the non-spoiler uh, description of it. But mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm not really that interested in doing it. Uh, I, I would, though, since I have the season pass, I would go back and, you know, download each drop that comes up and play around with it and see if it interests me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Have, uh, been, ha, have you ever played a game that you've gone back and gotten this, a different ending? Um, I think uh, Soikoden 2 had some alternate endings that I went back and, and did, yeah. which I listed as one of my favorite games, so that makes sense. That I what about Fire Emblem? Don't they have different endings, too? Uh, Fire Emblem. 
I don't. I don't think so. I think yeah. I've done. I think I at one point I went through and like did a playthrough of New Game Plus on Chrono Trigger, and mm-hmm. did every single one of the endings, which was yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. You know, and some of them were really funny and different, and that that was at a time when you couldn't just pop on YouTube and watch them all. You yeah, know, yeah. That that's usually what I do nowadays because like who has the time to go replay yeah. a game and like. So nowadays, if, if there's a second ending or a third ending that I think I might want to see, like Mass Effect 3, Did, mm-hmm. like there's three different endings that were mostly just the same exact thing with different colors, um, literally. Uh, I just went on YouTube and watched the other endings, and usually I get satisfied. Yeah, that's the easier way to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, I, I understand that some people probably just fall in love with games and they just want to completely platinum them, and yeah. you know that that's just not me anymore, but... No. All right. Uh, so the other stuff I've played this week kind of tie into uh, our news of the week. So I'm going to pull off on that and kind of uh, dive into that when we get to those topics. So uh, that's pretty much it besides uh, Fallout of what I've been playing. So we'll uh, jump right into the news. And you wanted to talk about Quantum Break. So uh, let's hear it. Yeah, actually, it's funny because we were just talking about the multiple endings. So Quantum Break is um, a highly anticipated, I think, Xbox one only release which is kind of which is kind of why i wanted to talk about it because xbox one is not going to get very much love on this podcast i don't think um but quantum break has been um you know kind of touted as their big next gen release for a long time and from what i've seen on the reviews everybody is absolutely in love with it in fact the kotaku review i think uh, one so far saying that this was the first truly next gen game that they've seen. Yeah, I saw is, that. Which is kind of funny because you know I was thinking of Division as the first next gen game, but uh, apparently this game does things that you know are, are, are blowing people's minds, which is really cool. Now I haven't played it yet, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's something that I am going to get, and I think I might actually get it even at full price um, wow. to check it out. I know, but I mean, if the, it's it's something that is kind of current, and I kind of want to know what people are talking about. Yeah. But from what I understand, uh, and it ties into what we were just talking about, there is a huge kind of, um, as you would imagine by the the name of the game, uh, there are different time lines you can go down with, with various big time decisions. Um, and apparently it's not just a matter of little things change based on the decisions, but the entire game will be completely altered by what decisions you make. And another interesting thing about it is they've got a fully integrated TV show in the game. Oh, wow. With, um, so you were mentioning earlier that uh, you noticed that you recognize some of the actors. Um, yeah. And there are a bunch of famous actors and actresses in it. Um, the, two, the two biggest ones, I think, are uh, it's the guy who plays Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Um, okay. And he was also the, the new mayor in The Wire. And then the guy who plays Daniels from The Wire, and he's also a voice actor in Destiny. Um, he, he's also been in a bunch of stuff. And anyway, they've got they've got real professional actors doing it, but they've got a fully integrated TV show that for cutscenes. And in mm-hmm. fact, Xbox One actually streams it off the internet while you're playing Netflix style. Wow! You can download them to your hard drive if you want to. Of course, it's seventy-five gigs, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is brutal on a system that comes with five hundred gigs and three hundred were already occupied when you took it out of the package. But um, in any event, it sounds like a really fantastic game. Visually, it looks stunning. Uh, it's something that I'm going to pick up and and give a try. Um, 
I doubt it's anything that's going to inspire you to pick up an Xbox yeah. One anytime well, soon. Well, for those of us who... For those of us who aren't following this closely, it's a first-person shooter, right? No, it's a it's it's a third it's a third person it's a third person shooter, I guess you could call it, but more in the vein of a I, I wouldn't call it like an uncharted type third person shooter. It's kind of a third person mm-hmm. shooter, but I think it's mostly about um, puzzle mechanics as far as like oh. getting around certain certain situations. There's definitely going to be a lot of shooting involved, but I think it's yeah. I don't know. I would call it more like an Alan Wake style. And I actually think that maybe these developers did Alan Wake, which I'm sure you never played because you've never owned an Xbox 360. Yeah, no, but actually, in reading about it, I remember seeing that name and reading Quantum Break, so I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, but in any event, I'll report back after I give it a try. I'll probably pick it up, I'd like to say this week, but probably next week. Um, mm-hmm. And then once I give it a go, I'll, I'll play it. But it, anyway, it's nice to see Xbox One uh, getting an exclusive release that is getting a lot of hype and a lot of good press because, you know, e- even though even though I'm not a fan of the Xbox One, um, I, I, I do feel for uh, the people who invested in the Xbox One and, and don't have the luxury of buying multiple systems, and it's nice to see them get thrown a bone. And, you know, this could be uh, the next step into truly next-gen series of games. And, like, when you think about the PlayStation 3 and the big step that was taken about two or three years into the cycle of that system. I think mm-hmm. we might be getting there right now with the PS4 and the Xbox one, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the next big thing of this past week was, uh, Mitomo was finally released. They promised a March, uh, 2016 release date and they <laughs> dropped it on March 31st. Yeah. They um, nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I downloaded it and you downloaded it as well. I did. Um, from IGN, they reported in less than 24 hours after being released outside of Japan, uh, Nintendo's first uh, smartphone app, Mitomo, has hit 3 million users worldwide. Can, uh, I, can I say something about that stat? Yeah. That's not that impressive. <laughs> really? Worldwide, after 24 hours, you would think Nintendo would have more users than that. Well, I mean, it is number one on the charts of the iTunes app. So, that I mean, is, yeah, you, I guess. you can't go higher than that. So, <laughs> I just think um, about, like, think about a movie release weekend, right? Like, uh, a movie weekend release. Um, how, how many millions of people go see a movie uh, on opening weekend versus, like, an app that you'd think would be highly anticipated? I would have imagined more people would download it. But I, I think that that's going to grow and grow and grow. I don't think anybody other than hardcore Nintendo fans even knew this was coming. So I do think as people, you know, post it to Facebook and stuff, it'll expand very quickly. Well, I, I mean, I think I have a little bit of a different um, uh, experience of this than you do. Uh, I'm a little bit more active on Twitter than you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I follow people that I know and I follow some people that I, I don't really know personally, but that I interact with on some sort of basis. Yeah. And a lot of people have downloaded this people that i wouldn't have necessarily expected um i have about um 17 friends on mitomo right now yeah i saw Um, that yeah yeah i've got Uh, three i've got you (laughs) i've got you alex and bessa (laughs) yeah and so it's we got your wife playing and my boyfriend playing so uh those that's pretty much what (laughs) who you get to interact with alex's alex's things are so funny yeah um yeah but i mean just 
to my point though, I definitely wouldn't have even known this existed if it wasn't for you. And, and yeah. I'm obviously a huge gamer. Um, I, I know that my other friends who I play with, they definitely don't know about it. They they probably wouldn't care either, but because it's not really up their alley. But I, I I think as more and more people know about it, I think it's going to blow up and. And, and it is definitely an experience. We'll get there, but it's definitely an experience that'll be more fun as you have more friends. Yeah, I mean, I think so. From from playing it myself, uh, I I did accept some friend requests uh, that are friends of friends because when you're looking in the add a friend section, like you could see people that you have mutual friend friends yeah. with, and the experience isn't as good with people that you don't really know because it's like I, I, right. this isn't funny. Like I don't exactly. know who you are. Like yeah. I don't care that you're walking to my little room. Like it's right. only good with people that you know. Right. Um, I agree with that. I was going to say the same. Because like on Facebook, you can be friends friends with friends of friends because Facebook is frankly about stalking. And uh-huh. it's always interesting to just view people's lives from a distance. Um, yeah. It's not the same. This is about sharing a sense of humor and like envisioning the person that you're interacting with typing those answers into the <laughs> into the thing yeah. I don't know. I do think it's about it's more about real life friends that um, that you might connect with through a different medium definitely uh, I mean I'm, I'm having a little bit more fun with it than I expected I definitely see there's parts of it that like they can and will improve upon mm-hmm. uh, I mean some of the interface is a little clunky oh, yeah. I know I've had to explain to you how to do certain things i've had to explain to alex how to do certain things and it's just not super intuitive at the same time it's not like impossible i know so so just for everybody's benefit the bulk of the experience is answering questions and then going to other people and seeing how they answered questions and it's and you just basically make jokes to one another through these questions which is kind of fun um, yeah. there's outfits that you can earn and you can buy and you can take funny pictures. Um, yeah. one thing that Bess and I haven't really figured out how to do is how to upload a picture and incorporate your me into it and then send that to other people. So the way you do that is you just need to save whatever photo you want to use as your background into your phone as like in your, in your photos. So yeah. you could, you could take anything that's in your photo library and use it as a background. Right. Uh, which is fun. For yeah, which I played around with a little bit. Um, I think there's definitely stuff that it can take from Tomodachi Life, which is this is heavily inspired by, in in order to improve it. I think it'd be fun to even though. To, oh, is that the one you boycotted, or was it My Fantasy Life that you boycotted? No, I, I yeah, I didn't get Tomodachi Life. Um, but uh, I I think like one thing that would be fun to incorporate is everyone's quote-unquote like room or apartment or whatever it is mm-hmm. looks exactly the same so right. if i'm visiting your room or you're visiting my room you can't really tell the difference it looks right. like the same exact thing i'm sure they're going to improve upon that over time it seems like an easy yeah. content fix and like even if you could like put posters on the wall and stuff would be really funny yeah and uh, what's interesting is there hasn't been a ton of nintendo branded content in the game so far i mean no, they no. start they start you off with a little mario hat mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much it yeah um so that'll be interesting to see how they uh how they go go with that in the future because i'm sure like you know if there's a new zelda game coming out they're gonna throw some of the throw some of that in if there's a new metroid game coming out they'll give you a Samus suit or something right. you know i'm interested um, to hear about or see what happens when um, how do I put this? People start 
uh, posting and sending inappropriate content over it. Because Nintendo is yeah. obviously very intolerant of that kind of behavior. But I know even already some of my answers have had curse words and oh, like, yeah. stuff like that. And I've been completely unabashed about it. And I wonder if at some point they'll crack down on it or whether they need to receive complaints or something like that in order to crack down. Yeah, um, there's not really much of any filters set up or anything, which... Yeah. I mean, I think it's a it's a good step for Nintendo. I agree, I, it's but crazy. it's going to be interesting when people start sending dick pics over it, like, <laughs> <laughs> and like having their me standing next to like a huge slog. <laughs> I mean, which is funny, and I would do something like that, but like not my dick, but, like, <laughs> but I mean, make funny photos like that, and yet, you know, I, I would imagine people would get banned pretty quickly if that happen but who knows there doesn't yeah. seem to be any type of filter or even any type of complaint system so i don't know you know yeah. maybe, maybe they'll let that to fly and then maybe well, the other thing i want to the other thing i wanted to discuss about this is so far it's been pretty generous in terms of like you're not hitting a paywall very quickly as you do in other free-to-play games is there um, a paywall i haven't even been prompted to buy something new at all yeah, they don't really pro- like if if you try to buy something and you don't have enough coins. I think they say like, oh, well, you can buy some more coins. But they've been pretty generous with the coins so far. Yeah, I feel. Um, and you know, once you have an outfit that you like, you don't really need to buy like ten outfits. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, um, some people will, and and they'll take advantage of those crazy people. It's like Farmville, yeah. right? Early on in Farmville, you really didn't have to pay that much money for anything. You can get everything, um, and then about three months into Farmville, it was like you, you had to pay for everything. Um, yeah. And there were crazy people who would pay for every single thing that came out. I remember some of my secretaries at work, they would just dump money into it. Um, wow. And people will do the same thing with any free-to-play game, yeah. right? They'll just get obsessed. Uh, but yeah, so far um, it doesn't seem like there's anything that um, really requires you to pay. The last thing that is interesting about it, which I don't know if you've done... But by linking it up to your N- N- Nintendo account, which is their new unified system, mm-hmm. um, it's been a way to generate points uh, so far. You know, you link it to your right. Twitter, link it to your Facebook, link it to this, link Mitomo to your Nintendo account. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to rack up a lot of points. And one of the, the rewards in the new My Nintendo program was uh, an exclusive to the program, which is a 3DS download of a new game called uh, My Nintendo Picross, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, obviously promoting their new release of the HD version of uh, Twilight Princess on the Wii U. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, a Zelda-themed Picross game, which is which I ended up getting for free, essentially, by just playing around with Mitomo and linking up different uh, social media accounts. So uh, I played through it a little bit. I mean, it's just a typical P-Cross puzzle game, but it's nice that you get it for, for free, essentially, by playing around with Nintendo's new stuff. Um, right, yeah. So no, that's, that's great. It, yeah, it's worth, I would say, I, unless you're like going to be hoarding up points for other stuff, I think it's worth uh, a download just to, to play it. Um, I, I am linked to my Nintendo account. I'm still confused by what that is um, and what it does, but uh, at some point I'll figure it out. Yeah, just because it it went from like it was the other it was the other thing and now it's my Nintendo account and I don't know it's confusing to me. Well, Um, I mean the the Nintendo Network ID still exists and you link you that to the my Nintendo account. I think going forward, 
you know, any new future systems, we'll just be using the My Nintendo account, and it's going to be an easier solution, hopefully. Right. It used to be. I think it used to be Club Nintendo. That's what it used to be. Well, yeah, it was Club Nintendo, but then you had a Nintendo Network ID account. I think they're going in the direction of you. You just have this. I just lo- um, I just loaded it up by the way, and like you're visiting me as we speak. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it was like uh, the first thing Alex did when he woke up this morning was check on his Mitomo activities because he had some notifications. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. I, you know. I, I know I talked uh, some caca about it last week, but um, or two weeks ago. But you know, it, it, it's it's more fun than I thought it would be. Um, you know, and I I guess I would recommend it to anybody who's into kind of silly little social network type things. Yeah, it, there's it has little to do with Nintendo. Um, it's just kind of a uh, a little social network type thing. Yeah. All right. So then the last big uh, news of the week was that uh, Square Enix had the big Final Fantasy XV Uncovered press event, right. which uh, I watched. I didn't watch live, but I watched it uh, the next day. Uh, and it was a meaty, hour-long presentation, which could have been cut down <laughs> significantly, <Right. laughs> uh, as most of these presentations do tend to run a little long. Which, a quick aside, I want to say the Nintendo Directs have really improved upon like the formula presentations. I, f- I find the Nintendo directs to be really like quick, like here's one thing, here's another thing. Da, 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 instead mm-hmm. of like these these live in-person right. uh, presentations that are just like so long and just and get trying to, the point to hype everything ready. up and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean I've never watched I, a Nintendo Direct. I never will. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I I am sure you will. I know I'm very happy to just watch to read the recap on like a website. Uh-huh. Well, anyway, so, uh, you know, they, they revealed 15 items during this uh, Final Fantasy Uncovered uh, press event, mm-hmm. but we're just going to jump to the, the bigger items uh, instead of going through all 15, because a lot of them were not really right. <laughs> much of anything. Um, but the first thing was there was a new trailer yeah. uh, release, uh, which normally I like, I, whatever, a new trailer, who cares? But uh, halfway through the trailer... It comes in with a cover of Stand By Me by Florence and the Machine, right. which I'm a, a pretty big fan of. I love, Florence, I love Florence and the Machine, and I also love Stand By Me. It's my number one karaoke song. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and, and they actually, uh, like, it's the cover uses the, the Final Fantasy prelude theme kind of mixed into it, which yeah. is, like, really awesome. Um, this is not the first time they've used a celebrity, uh, like, a... Uh, a pop star in one of their games in final fantasy 13 they use a leona lewis track oh really yeah yeah i was uh, gonna say is it the first time they've used a western uh artist though yeah it's not yeah well. uh so so in final fantasy 13 they use a leona lewis track. whatever happened to the leona weird... lewis by the way <laughs> what whatever happened to leona lewis by the way uh she <laughs> is she still around <laughs> yeah she released an album like a year or two ago and uh she had, it was the weirdest promotion uh, tour for that album. Like, they did a grinder promotion for the Leona Lewis album. It's, it's probably so appropriate, actually. <laughs> I know. But does anybody... Um, I guess nobody cares about her anymore. Huh? Yeah, no one really cares. But the weird thing with that, what I want to say about that song being used in that video game, is it was just an album track. Like, she didn't oh, really? record a special song. It wasn't a single. It was just a random album track. It was um, funny. But, I mean, I still, I still enjoyed the fact that they were, like stepping out of their normal comfort zone to yep. do something different. Mm-hmm. But this is like 
recorded specifically for the game. Like they had a, a little interview with her during the presentation saying like how excited she is to be doing this. And huh. she was able to, uh, you know, mix her style with the final fantasy style. And it was a great match, blah, blah, blah. I, I like the trailer. I like the song and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how they use it in the game as well. Yeah. And, and it could uh, be indicative of a broader soundtrack. That's a little bit more, I don't know, recognizable. Yeah. Uh, Music-wise, though, I think also they mentioned in the presentation that, uh, I mean, you have a car, and they have a radio in the car. That car looks so cool, by the way. It, yeah. Um, for I think it's an, it's an Audi, uh, like, designed car. Yeah. Um, for everybody who hasn't seen the trailer, if you're interested in Final Fantasy at all, um, which who knows if anybody is, but uh, <laughs> you should definitely check out the trailer, and you should watch some of the um, gameplay clips that they had. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, yeah. I, I, th- I think, talk about a next-gen game, this definitely looks like it's going to be one. I mean, vast open world, you know, f- amazing graphics. Uh, you yeah. Know, I, it, you know, I can't, I'm very excited for it. I'll like, probably getting be a back day, to the, day one buy for me. Getting back to the car, uh, in the radio, uh, the radio will play songs from prior games oh, in the car, cool. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so if you're like a Final Fantasy fan, you'll definitely appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um so besides the trailer, they announced that there's going to be something called Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood, which is a five-part anime. Yep. And the first um, episode was released right after the event. Uh, I sat down and watched the first part. It's only like 10, 11 minutes. Uh, it's not dubbed. So mm-hmm. you're reading uh, subtitles. Right. Which, uh, which was a fun thing to do after a few whiskey gingers last night. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't know, like, so I was, I don't know whether to get to this point now or later, but the difficult part with, with this game is they announced it as Final Fantasy 13 versus like almost 10 years ago at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're approaching the release of all these different aspects of the game is almost as if you already know what's going on and nothing has actually been re- like. The full game has not been released. So for mm-hmm. them to assume like you know who these people are yeah. doesn't make any sense. Right. Like they on, they're only assuming this because this game has been announced for so many years, like a decade. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering that too. I, I didn't watch the episode, but it, I did get that sense. And I think, I, I don't know if it's by design or if it's a blunder. I think it might be by design that, you know, it's all intended to get you intrigued and then once you actually start playing the game, you're going to be like, oh, okay. And like put all the pieces together and feel like you're more a part of the world than you otherwise would have because you're already aware yeah. of some of these outside aspects. But Yeah, it's just, you just don't know what's the correct like starting point. Is the mm-hmm. correct starting point like the demo that was released a year ago? Is it the demo that was right. released uh, right. the night of the event? Is it this anime? Is it going to be... Um, the next thing that we're getting to, Final Fantasy Kingsglaive, a CGI movie, right. uh, which is featuring the voices of Sean Bean, Lena Headey, and Aaron Paul. Um, uh, where's that? Is that the, the how's that going to be released? That movie? Is uh, that, that's not going to be in so, theaters, is it? No, it's just uh, streaming and for purchase. But anyway, during the presentation, it was so funny. Like the first person that they announced was Lena Headey, uh-huh. but the the presenter said. And now come out, Lena. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was imagining oh, Lena Dunham like hobbling out. I hate Lena Dunham so much. 
Um, I was really just drifting into like other podcast territories, but man, the, Girls is getting worse and worse. But like, I can't stop watching it. No, Alex told me this season is like really great compared to prior seasons. Yeah, for that's for another <laughs> podcast, I guess. Yes, definitely. I mean, there's definitely podcast. still plenty of Lena Dunham nude every single episode. I just like <laughs> when is everybody going to get over that? It's like it turns from like giving her high fives about being proud of her body to just being gratuitous at some point. In any event, um. <laughs> no, but I, I I thought it would have been so funny if, if Lena Dunham was voicing one of the the characters in Final Fantasy Kingsglaive. That would have been. It would have lost a lot of potential players, I think, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> I would have been like, "This has gone too far. I'm out." <laughs> um, but the other big thing about the movie, uh, besides the fact that it's not going to be in theaters, it's going to be streamer for purchase, is the three actors I mentioned. They're voicing the characters in the movie. But their voices are not going to be featured in the game. Hmm. So, and presumably uh, these characters are also going to be in the game as well. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. I mean, hmm. if they're going to be building this like unified universe, that's going to seem very dis- disjointed to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, true. So we'll see. Um, another announcement, uh, you know, Final Fantasy is known for having uh, good uh, mini games. Um, you know, Triple Triad, yep. uh, whatever, all of those other stuff. The Chocobo Racing and Final Fantasy VII. That was so, so the, good. The minigame of this game is going to be called Justice Monsters 5, which is some sort of pinball f- fighting game hybrid mm-hmm. uh, that's also going to be available on iOS, Android, and Windows, and presum- presumably connect to the game somehow. Um, the trailer for that was a little unimpressive. Like You couldn't really tell what was going on. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see more information about that. Right. But I wasn't that excited by the mini game. I, w- I would have loved another, uh, triple triad card style game or something in that direction rather than a pinball, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the last few announcements, um, they announced a new demo. Uh, called Final Fantasy XV Platinum Demo, uh, released the night of the presentation, featuring a young Noctis and Carbuncle, which which unlocks Carbuncle in the final game. So you need to play the demo in order to get Carbuncle in your final game, Ugh, supposedly. So now I have to play this demo. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, Carbuncle is always who, the worst summoner, summon anyway. What does it ever do? Yeah, like, I mean, I, you probably won't be missing out on much. So. Carbuncle always, like, casts shield or something on your party. Which yeah, is, reflect yeah. or something. Which of, course, <laughs> which, of course, might be very useful, but, like, in my younger days was, like, lost on me. Like, defensive spells yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, for those who don't know, uh, Final Fantasy XV already had a demo released called uh, Episode Do Sky. Uh, it was released last year bundled with uh, Final Fantasy Typo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, uh, you know, after watching the presentation, I downloaded the Platinum dem- demo and I finally redeemed the voucher in my Typo oh, yeah. to, to download uh, Episode to Sky. Uh, and I played both demos. Uh, one thing to note, though, uh, for those of you who are interested in the Episode to Sky demo, the voucher says it expires March 17th and I downloaded it. Uh, this past Friday, April 1st, and it was still working. So presumably, uh, if you're interested in playing that demo, like you can still download it. But that's um, good to know because I... Uh, well, I don't have Typo yet, so I might go pick it up because I think you can get it for 15 yeah. bucks new now. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it for 16 
uh, new when I when I got it a few months yeah. ago. Um, but anyway, so of the two demos, I played Episode to Sky first since it was released first, um, and it took a, a, a good like two or three hours, probably closer to three hours to get through it. Um, now the demo has you in control of Noctis, like the full adult version, and his three friends are following you and along fighting with you, but you don't control them. Um, you can't switch to them. Okay. Uh, and the demo has you in this, uh, it's kind of like a big, large field. There's some roads, there's a forest. Uh, the, the premise of the demo is your car broke down. Yeah, right. And, I've seen, and you have to raise, I've seen lots of like gameplay of this, I think. Yeah. You have to, you have to raise money in order to pay, uh, Sid, Sydney, yeah. who is the Sid of this game to, to repair your car. Is it Sydney um, or Cindy? I think it might be Cindy. You're, yeah. you're right. Yeah, who, I don't know. And if, if you're a bro out there who's not that interested in Final Fantasy, just like look up some pictures of Cindy and like you might become interested. <laughs> oh my god, you are crazy. I mean, <laughs> I, I, like she's, it's very attractive avatar. Is she playable in this wow. game? Wow. Uh, I don't think she's playable. Yeah. Um, but actually it was a little jarring because like she is dressed like how she is um, yeah. seen. And like, and all the dudes are wearing like full like body yeah, leather yeah. and it's like what what's the weather of this right. of, of well, this like, land like you're either sweating or she's freezing there's one I feel or like the other they're sweating because they they're kind of like you know emo punk kids like or they're styled yeah. that way at least and she's styled yeah. kind of more like a like i don't know a, a western you know yeah. movie character like what's her yeah, what's yeah. her name from Transformers? What was her? Uh, yeah, Megan Fox. Fox and Transformers, where it's like you know yeah. it's like an, a balmy Southern California day, and you know she's got short shorts yeah. and um, you know everything else. So, so uh, more about that demo. Um, it's so that, that that's the plot. The gameplay itself is kind of like uh, a lot of running around, <laughs> a lot of. Um, I don't know. I don't it's just some not that... Xenoblade Chronicles aspect to it. It seems, um, yeah. You know, where it's kind of this broad open world where it's not nonstop action. You kind of have to seek it out. Um, you know, but not that I've played Xenoblade Chronicles, but I've seen a lot of gameplay. Yeah. So so I I beat that demo and it was okay. I mean, you know, I didn't love it. I, I, my, my hope is that at least the story and the characters will be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the gameplay so much. Um, but then I downloaded the Platinum demo. Now, you would imagine the Platinum demo is going to be a step above the demo that was released a year ago. Yeah, maybe. And no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> you, you, you're playing as young Noctis. It feels like I don't know Kingdom what Noctis Hall. is. What's Noctis? He's the, he's the main character. Oh, okay. Um, he's the main. Okay. And I think the, the premise here is that like you're a prince. Yeah, right? he's a prince. Yeah. yeah, so like, you know, whatever world you're in, like it, it's ruled by a, a nice king theoretically, and you're yeah. the son of the king. And I'm sure what happens yeah. is like bad guys come in and, you know, take over the capital, and you have to, and you're out on a on like a drive, <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you have to like prove your worth. Man, it's so crazy. Oh man, I remember those early like 
promo videos of so long ago. Oh, man. Yeah. It's crazy to think we how long We were different people. We were, yeah, we were different people. I feel like we were in law school and, like, <laughs> there were videos coming out. Yeah. It's insane how long this has been um, going on for, but whatever. So, so the new demo is, is pretty much garbage. I mean, like, it's nothing like the first demo. You're just by yourself. You're a kid for most of it, which I know breaks the one of the biggest rules for you is you definitely don't want to be a kid. Yeah, I don't want to um, be a kid for the most part. I mean, I guess I, yeah. you know, I am playing a boy in this blob, and I yeah. like that. So, um, but yeah, it's 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 available for everyone for free right now, so you don't need to go buy typo or do anything. Um, so you can easily check it out. What is Final Fantasy 15 being released on? What platforms? All uh, P- PS4 and Xbox One. Okay, and PC is going to be a. F- thought about after the release like they're okay. not presumably working on it right now which I, it's kind of interesting that it's coming out on xbox one i'd be interested to see what the sales are on the different platforms well, well 13 was released on xbox uh 360 yeah so it's, this isn't the first time it's been no on I, xbox, I yeah so. no i know um i mean 15 was also but i uh 14 you mean 14 right yeah. um but still this one strikes me as a little bit more well, no, 13 as well. I, I'm just interested to see what the, the, yeah. the sales splits are going to be across those systems. I would imagine it's going to sell a lot more on PS4 than Xbox. Yeah. Well, mo- I think most games do. Um. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Uh, so the last, the last items from this presentation, uh, the del- Deluxe and Collector's Editions were announced and put up for pre-order that night. It's not worth looking at, so don't worry about it, Dave, or listeners, uh, for that matter. <laughs> really? You don't, it's only for, like, diehard, like, crazy yeah. people with a ton of money? It's like a steel, uh, like, steel case, steel book case or whatever. How much and, is like, it? I don't even know. Like, 80 bucks or something. I'll pass. For the, I'll probably for the pass. Deluxe. And there's probably, come, they're probably going to print so many of them that the word collector's edition yeah. isn't going to really mean much. Well, it comes with, it comes with a Blu-ray of the movie, but if you could stream it, who cares, like... I'm not looking to collect Blu-rays or DVDs anymore. Yeah, no. Um, if you ever were. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, after it really ended on a dud of the, the September 30th uh, release right. date being confirmed. Yeah. Of course, I mean, we touched on this last week. Our first episode. I- I'm happy with the September 30th release date. Um it's all personal, but obviously I, I want to get my basement completely done and my gaming cave completely done. I want to catch up on some backlog, um, and I think this summer I'll be able to do that. Because summer is yeah. such a slog where there's so few good games released that it's a good opportunity yeah. to catch up on a lot of like good games that you're looking forward to. Um, and I'm going to try and do that on a lot of my current-gen games because I really have been ignoring those systems. Uh, and I'd like to get through those before I sit down for like a 50-hour experience with... Yeah, Final Fantasy 15. So I'm happy with September 30th uh, going I mean, into this the winter. Is, like, it, this is obviously a big fall game, so it makes yeah. sense for it to be released then. I'm into it. Um, so that so that was it for the uh, for the presentation. Yeah. Uh, jumping off of that, we're gonna dive into our history of Final Fantasy. We're gonna yeah. just discuss uh, the different releases, for, starting from the NES era all the way to. Uh, the, the modern games and the online games. So but I, I am realizing Dave, that we are we are extremely Final Fantasy heavy on this episode. So we should have done a warning up front that said, "Warning: If you have no interest in RPGs or Final Fantasy, maybe tune in next week." But um, no, but I think it has a pretty broad audience. You know, it so. does. It does. And and also yeah. for those people who haven't ever tried a Final Fantasy game, um, maybe we can also touch on ones that we think would be 
worth getting into the series with. Um, yeah. So to start it off with, uh, we have Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3, which were all released um, on the NES. Uh, however... Or the Famicom. Two, Famicom, correct. Uh, however, only one originally came to the United States. Two and three were released much, much later. Right. Uh, Dave, did you play any of these? Um, so I didn't play any of them growing up. Um, obviously, I wouldn't have played two or three growing up. I did play Final Fantasy One in connection with our NES challenge that I mentioned earlier in the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and I have to admit... Uh, while I do own the physical cartridge, um, which is actually relatively affordable, uh, apparently it did sell a ton of copies in the United States, uh, and I think it came on the heels of some other uh, RPGs that were released here, like um, I think Dragon Warrior, although Dragon Warrior didn't do very well uh, originally mm-hmm. in the United States. It's funny, actually, Dragon Warrior in the United States didn't do well at all, and then they because they printed so many copies, because it did so well in Japan, they ended up giving out free copies with a Nintendo Power subscription. Yeah. And they yeah, would yeah, send, yeah. You a, send you a, a, a full copy. In any event, um, I think it came on the heels of some others, like Crystallis and you know some other games like that, um, yeah. that did well. Uh, and so ultimately, when Square released it in the U.S., I think it sold pretty well. They're not too hard to come by today. Like you can get one for 20 bucks easily if you wait and are patient you probably get one for 15 bucks a physical cartridge but in any event they actually have it on on uh mobile now so you can actually play it on your cell phone and so i um i downloaded onto my iphone uh when i went on a european trip and i ended up playing through it uh on that trip um and uh it was pretty good and so this was just two years ago that i played it. it it was pretty good um it's it's obviously primitive compared to any uh more modern even snes rpgs but i it definitely you can see where it definitely lays the groundwork for um you know future rpgs uh it was definitely a huge step up from dragon warrior i thought um Mm -hmm. it's a lot more intuitive it's a lot less grindy although there are some grinds uh involved in leveling up but a nice open world fun dungeons a few puzzles here and there i thought it was really fun you know I, I wouldn't, unless you're a huge retro fan, I wouldn't recommend starting there. Um, you know, just in general, there's there's no real continuity amongst the games, so there's no need to yeah. kind of start with one and, and work your way through the series. You can kind of jump in wherever you feel like it's appropriate. And uh, unless you're a big NES fan or a big retro fan, I, I probably wouldn't uh, jump in there. Um, but if you are interested in taking a stab at it, I, you know, I, I, for $15 on the iPhone, I thought it was... It was a fun little experience, and you can play it on the subway, etc. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned the iPhone release. This one and and two, for that matter, have been released multiple times on different platforms. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, if you're going to jump into it, like, I would do it with one of these re-releases and not like the original cartridge, unless you're mm-hmm. really a diehard like retro gamer. Because yeah. the re-releases do clean up on the like the problems of the of the original game right um and, and also visually they're a little bit more interesting um, yeah of course you know yeah. they don't go crazy but you know and i appreciate pixel art from the nes era i think it's it's fun to look at and i think it holds up today if you're interested in retro style um but it definitely is more interesting visually to look at the iphone version um the yeah. backgrounds and the monster designs and the sprites are a lot more detailed and, and fun to yeah. look at 
Yeah, I have um, one and two uh, as a combined uh, Game Boy Advance cart. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I never really got too far into either of them and don't have much to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but number three, I did get the, the DS uh, remake that they did, which was ma- remade in the 3D world. It, it's oh, really? not like a, Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they did that, that sort of remake with Final Fantasy IV eventually as well, mm-hmm. where it's uh, a 3D world rather than just... Uh, uh, 2D pixels. Right. Um, I got pretty far in three. I didn't end up beating it, but it was enjoyable, and I liked the style. It was it was a good remi- uh, good remake. Right. Um, but then going into, I get what many consider the the glory days of Final Fantasy should, would be the any- should we pause to like explain what the style of gameplay of Final Fantasy is? I, I mean, I'm sure most people know, but it's worth just mentioning that. Sure. It, you know. It, there's this, the general genre is, is RPGs, which is short for role-playing games, which usually involves having um, a broad open world, um, you know, where you've got a leveling system where each battle gives you experience and you level up and you get more powerful over time. You usually have armor and gear and weapons, which, again, as you level up, get more and more powerful. Um, you'll usually have ma- magic of some sort, um, and different characters that might join your party uh, will be stronger at magic, um, sometimes offensive magic, sometimes healing magic, and other members might be um, you know, m- more powerful with physical attacks. Uh, and generally, the concept is you build a party that's well-balanced and can suit your needs for any given battle. Um, they're usually largely story-driven, so you'll... Uh, traverse the world uh, accomplishing missions but all along kind of advancing you know some broader you know legendary tale that's that's going on um yeah and so you know it does have a reputation of being more popular among kind of like uh, fantasy nerds etc um i did i do think that later on they you know got to a broader broader base of an audience um but the early ones uh definitely emphasized this kind of class system um, yeah. To the point where, you know, they, they kind of, people come in and out of your party as generic mage, white mage, black mage, and stuff like that. Um, later on, I think they, you know, starting probably around Final Fantasy VI, uh, it becomes a little bit more character-driven, right? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the characters in, in four have some sort of yeah. uh, personality as well, and and five. And that's where that's where we're at right now yeah. in terms of that's why many people think four, five, and six are kind of the the glory days because right. it has the the classic um, like classes and everything of the NES era. But that's where the story really starts to become the focus of the game. Right. Um, and when we compared say compared to the older games, and we'll we'll throw the word turn based around a lot. Turn based just simply means each each one of your characters and each one of the entities uh, enemies are on a kind of clock. Um, with how long it takes before they can attack each time. So, you know, the, the different people have different speeds, but a character might, might be 12 seconds before, between attacks. And so, you know, every 12 seconds, this particular character gets to attack, and maybe every 10 seconds, the enemy gets to attack. And so you have to balance out, um, you have to kind of predict when those attacks will come, um, and each character gets to take their turn to do their move. Yeah. Well, that's the active turn-based uh, system that was developed like through the years. I mean, the first game it was literally just taking turns. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, right. And a, and a few of the, those first few games, um, but you know the whole system grew. 
uh, with the, the SNES era, uh, it started with uh, number four, which came to Amer- which was the first game to come to America since the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played that. Did you ever play that? I did. Um, I, I unfortunately uh, got into RPGs in general. It's so funny how how late into I mean how young I was, but I consider it kind of later into my gaming years. Mm-hmm. I think I got into RPGs around like fifth or sixth grade. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the first one I started with ever was actually Secret of Evermore because it was the one that was most recent that came out. And then yeah. I only got into Final Fantasy III maybe a year later. Um, and so after I kind of had played through those two and Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger, only then did I play Final Fantasy IV or Final wow. Fantasy II in the U.S. And so at that point, it felt like a huge step back. Yeah. From what I had played, because like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI are basically the pinnacle of SNES, in my opinion, particularly with RPGs. And so to go back to one of the first RPGs that came out on the SNES felt like a, a pretty big step back. And so it was difficult for me to get into it. And the biggest yeah. thing for me was going from the in-depth storylines with respect to each one of those Final Fantasy VI characters to kind of like... Hi, I'm a monk, and my daughter was killed, and now I want revenge. And then that's the only story they have, which is how I felt it was in Final Fantasy IV. I just couldn't get into it. I probably got around halfway into the game and decided that it was time for me to move on to other things. Yeah, I did four after six, and uh, I think maybe that's the reason I actually beat it, was because I had like a good amount of experience behind me to be able to get through these types of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely very two-dimensional in terms of storyline. Right. I mean, there is a story there, but it's not nothing, like, amazing. Right. Uh, there's a lot of cheesy aspects of, like, so many people die and just come back to life. It's right. like you're, it's like an episode of Lost, almost, yeah. like, in terms of just... Um, and, and to me, like, looking back on it, I, I don't think that they had progressed as far as storytelling much from the first one all the way through the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it, it probably was a little bit more advanced, but to me it was the same concept, which is just like, you know, there's some sort of story background, but it's really just random people joining your party and leaving your party randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so five, I did I did play during that era mm-hmm. as a fan translated ROM, since okay. that was your only option back then. Right. Um, it did eventually get released uh, in the U.S., but at the time that I dabbled with it, it was a ROM. And since it was a ROM, it was very clunky, and I didn't get too far, but I wanted to just check it out to see mm-hmm. what it was all about. Uh, and then, obviously, 6, you know, we talked about a bit when we went through our top games list. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mentioned to you that I, I liked it a lot, but that, that final right. uh, <laughs> that final dungeon was, was a little uh, hard for me, so I, I ended up not beating it. So, so I should probably go back. I tried um, five in Final Fantasy Anthology, which was a okay. PlayStation One release, and it had a remastered Final Fantasy VI, um, which was the yeah. real reason why I bought it, even though it had only been two or three years since I played on the SNES. But yeah. back then, that felt like a lifetime. So um, I was already feeling nostalgia for my SNES version. I was excited for the new cutscenes, and this had come out after Final Fantasy VII, I think, and so the yeah. concept of like the beautiful PlayStation cutscenes was in play. Um, but it also... But with, what's interesting with the, the PlayStation release of 4 and 5 is... I'm sorry, uh, 5 and 6, is the load times for those games are horrible from what I understand. Yeah, they were. Um, 
Although I still enjoyed, I did a full playthrough of Final Fantasy VI on there, and wow. I, I still enjoyed it. Um, uh, but I, I tried Final Fantasy V, and similar to Final Fantasy IV, they still hadn't gotten into the super in-depth storylines. Now, yeah. um, as you had mentioned the other day, you know they did get a little bit more in-depth with the class system and more individualization mm-hmm. of the characters. Uh, but I still felt like the story was kind of in a rut with what had been done previously, um, and I wasn't inspired by it. And I, I never got very far with that. You know, I probably put a ten, about ten hours into it, and gave up on it. Yeah. All right. So that takes us then to the PlayStation era of uh, seven, eight, and nine. Right. Uh, did you play through all of those? Yeah. So starting with uh, six or three in the U.S., I mean, that's when I became a huge Final Fantasy fan, and this was the era in which I, I was, I bought a PlayStation specifically for Final Fantasy um, because yeah. Final Fantasy, it actually started on the Nintendo. Um, it was exclusive to the Nintendo. Um, then it was exclusive to the Super Nintendo, and then uh, with the advent of disc-based games in PlayStation era, they actually jumped ship from from Nintendo-based consoles only to PlayStation only. They switched to yeah. alliances. Um, and I was a Nintendo fanboy, so I definitely went Nintendo 64 right out the gate. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, then I found out PlayStation was coming out. I mean, I, that Final Fantasy was coming out on PlayStation. I just saved up whatever money I could and ultimately had to buy a PlayStation to, um, to play these games. And I, Final Fantasy VII was... It's kind of funny. The hype for Final Fantasy VII is almost similar to the Final Fantasy XV hype right now. I remember mm-hmm. going into that, everybody was super pumped, and they showed the cutscenes, which was like full motion video. Um, and I, I think it completely delivered on, you know, every aspect. I mean, the huge, huge world, um, deep characters, great battle system. Um, you know, the graphics don't hold up today, but I remember at the time, like, the polygon 3D graphics looked phenomenal to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember staying up super late at night uh, playing these games and just like sleeping through the day. Uh, r- really great stuff. In terms of my experience with Final Fantasy VII, I remember that game came out, um, you know, right before my birthday when I was a freshman in high school. I was dying. Like I knew my mom got it for my birthday and it wasn't my birthday yet. So I was just dying for her to give it to me. And I was just sitting like reading about the game, obsessing over it. Um, and it definitely lived up to, to the expectations. I mean, it was such a jump in terms of like the mechanics and everything. Um, you know, the polygons don't really hold up well today. Uh, but at the time it was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, yeah, it was like, you were, it's, it's nuts to think how at the time we felt like we were looking at a movie and you look at it now and it's so blocky and clunky. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the load times on PlayStation earlier and boy, are those brutal. Yeah. 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 Um, and I remember this but, was the first one that had like a serious, uh, promotional campaign. I remember the commercials on yeah. TV. Uh, yeah. they were like so well done and it was, uh, they even referenced like, uh, the fact that this game was like a movie, but but coming to your PlayStation instead of movie theaters, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, yeah. So you know, I I loved seven, um, and then eight came along, um, and I ended up liking that even more than seven. I know it's not popular opinion, but I liked eight too. I thought eight was great. I mean, it was it's a completely different uh, feel, but you know, I really liked eight. I thought it was. Uh... 
a nice continuation from seven. I, you know, I, I actually just don't even understand the hate that eight gets as compared to the other games. I thought it was a, a nice development. Um, the graphics were a huge upgrade. Yeah. Over seven. I oh, mean, definitely. Again, today they probably don't hold up that well, but like you could play that game today and not be like, "What am I looking at?" Yeah. You know, it, it looks really nice. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. Maybe the story wasn't quite as great as Final Fantasy VII, but like, I was never shedding tears when Aeris died, and that's not a spoiler because they showed it in the trailer of the game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, so I didn't find that that compelling in seven. Um, I thought 8 was cool, and at the time, you know, maybe what was so great about 8 for us is it was, like, 17, 18-year-old teenagers, yeah. and, you know, we were, like, 16, 17 years old, yeah, and yeah. maybe I identified a little bit more with those characters and, like, the angst that they were demonstrating, and what's funny is you look at Final Fantasy 15 and, like, the character models, they kind of follow like the Final Fantasy eight character models yeah, most you know, out of any other game. I never really thought of it, but they're probably closest to, to the eight style. You're right. Um, right. And if you and if you remember, I forget. I think it was. Uh, I forget their names. I, I think the main guy was Squall or something. Squall. That's right. And then his buddy was like the bubbly Zeph or something like that. Something with a Z. He was the boxer and he would bounce around. He was a blonde haired guy. Zell. It's kind of Zell. That's right. And you the the. The comparison between them two is kind of similar to the Final Fantasy 15 characters. And so, oh, yeah. Definitely. What you think about it. Yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of liked it. It, it. You know, the different characters were all teenagers. They all represented kind of very real-life personalities that you might encounter on a day-to-day. And maybe that's why we liked it so much is because, yeah. you know, we could identify with that a little bit more. Well, I think also the music was a big jump from 7. Mm-hmm. I thought the music in 8 was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And... The thing that a lot of people complained about it was some of the bat- battle mechanics of having to draw magic from your enemies and like using that as your stats. But I mean, I kind of liked it. It was like a weird, different uh, setup from yeah. what we were used to, uh, and it allowed for some customization. I like the 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 summon uh, aspect where you like I did too. where you attach like a certain summon to your guy and it affects their stats. I didn't love that you had to. Yeah, I, 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 I did have the Final Fantasy VIII physical guide, um, yeah. and so I didn't miss like drawing Carbuncle from that one. Oh boss, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like I understand how that would annoy people if they <laughs> if they missed that, but um, you know I kind of liked it. I, it was a new mechanic, and I the whole thing was cool, and I thought the end boss was super creepy. Yeah. Um, and I also liked the uh, the mini game with the cards, which was very complicated oh to figure out. But once you did, it was kind of cool. The best mini um, game of all of all the games, I would say. And I also like how you could like play the end boss in a card game. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, like yeah, you could yeah. find her in the world and like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was cool. Um, so which that, I think that brings us to nine, yeah. which was uh, a, a big departure from seven and eight so seven and eight had gone kind of more uh steampunk future um and nine kind of went back to a i guess there was some steampunk aspects of it too but it it felt like more of a old school world um and definitely more cartoony and more cutesy um i have to be honest i hated it and 
I completely bailed on Final Fantasy afterwards. I played through the whole thing. I had no interest in completing like the side missions and stuff like that. And that's one thing I wanted to mention is in every single one of these uh, Final Fantasies, there's always kind of, I'd almost call it challenge mode side missions that are even harder than beating the game. Like you can find some sort of boss somewhere and like the goal is to like level your guy up so hardcore and get enough gear that you can, you know, face these ultimate monsters. Um, and seven and eight, I was totally motivated to do that mm-hmm. because it was just a cool challenge. In nine, I beat the game, I put it away, I never opened it up again. I mean, well, it just couldn't care less. I, I, I'm surprised. I didn't know that we shared this disdain for Final Fantasy IX, but for me, I felt like the story was really not as good as seven and eight by any means. It was so corny. It was such a, it's such a like childish storyline compared to yeah. the other ones. And it's just like, oh, this monkey boy and this girl, like, they fall in love and, like, ugh. There's so many like, throwaway characters that, like, you meet them, they join your party and do nothing. Uh, yep. Which is, like, we, I thought we got past that, you know? <laughs> like, exactly. Um, exactly. I, I mean... A lot, of, a lot of characters... The character... The storyline was completely based on the two main characters with a little bit of... You know, Vivi yeah. was the little mage uh, thrown in. And, you know, he was probably the most inspiring character oh. of everybody in the Yeah, thing. he was the best part. And yet, and yet they they didn't do nearly enough with him. I well, when, when he goes back to his village, that was probably the best part of the game. By, right. by far. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, I did like the uh, the battle system of, like, you're, you learn skills and spells from your equipment. That was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. but it's not a game I would be that interested in replaying. I would rather, I would yeah. rather redo it seven and eight any day of the week than, than nine. Right. Um, so I guess you dropped off, dropped off after that. Done, um, done until 14. Yeah. I, I watched people play Final Fantasy 10. Yeah. Well, um, we were in college. Which is on the PlayStation 10. 2. Yeah. Uh, my friend, uh, Nate would play Final Fantasy 10, uh, a little bit and it looked good. Uh, you know, I will say I wasn't inspired by the fact that it was a single dude and then two chicks. Um, it seemed wasn't that the character? Um, there were more characters. Was there were more characters. Am I completely just, wrong on that? I mean, there's a guy. There's there's two girls, but there's there's more characters than just that. Yeah. Oh really? I thought so it was just like the three. Well, I think you 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 fight with with only three people at a time. So maybe the person you were watching play only wanted to use the two chicks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but I thought it was definitely a bounce back from nine. Uh, the story mm-hmm. was really good in ten. Uh, the characters were pretty interesting. The graphics were obviously good. It was the first PlayStation yeah. Two game uh, right. for the Final Fantasy series. Um, the battle system was was good, and it, it's uh, was the last. It's I guess ten is really the last classic style Final Fantasy game in terms of battle mechanics. It's the last one that's really turn-based in any sort of mm-hmm. way. Um, so, you know, I, I think 10, you know, they, they did recently re-release it on both PlayStation 3 and then PlayStation 4 as well. Uh, with, yeah. So I, I have 10 and 10 2 for um, the PlayStation 2. Um, obviously at this point I would probably prefer to get the remaster um if nothing else the load times and not having to having to save on a memory card obviously is huge as well so um i 
I probably just don't have time to do it, but at some point, it's something that I might dabble. I mean, from that, not not that there's really much to choose from from that era in terms of Final Fantasy, because you only have ten and twelve uh, for the mm-hmm. PS2. But I think ten is definitely the one to play. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did with that one was they they wanted to step away from. The, the love story because a lot of these Final Fantasies like so much of it yeah, is yeah, a yeah. love story and oh god and twelve uh, is not really much of a love story I mean it's more focused on uh, like political machinations and like government and th- this and that but like the story for twelve is a little flat I've never heard I've never heard anybody talk ever it. talk about yeah, twelve it's it's like the it's like you know, completely ignored in the pantheon. Well, it, it's it, twelve is really the only one right now that you can't play on any modern system, other than PlayStation Two. So you'd have to go. Yeah, back you have to go back to PlayStation Two to play to play twelve. Every other game you could play like like on a iOS on like yeah. the. Uh, That's because nobody cares PSN. about it. I've actually never come across it at a garage sale or anything either. Like I guess it's just like nobody bought it. Nobody cared. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's okay. What, what, it, what it is, is the battle system is like, it's like a single player MMO almost. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you like set up, uh, I think that it's called gambits. Like you set up, um, it's actually kind of interesting. It's almost like a, a little bit of a logic game in terms of like for, for the characters that you're not controlling, you're setting up, uh, for them to do certain actions and it's a lot of like if and if not like if you're if someone is poisoned, they will cast like Asuna before they continue attacking, and like you rank like their their actions based off of. Oh, that sounds. No, cool. it's actually pretty cool. I I liked it. It's really? yeah yeah. Hmm. Uh, like if no if people don't have haste, they have to cast that first before they continue attacking. I don't know. It's like it's it it. You give up on controlling all three people at once, but you still feel like you're involved in their actions in some way. Right. You know? Okay. So I think that I guess. that's the positive aspect of it. But obviously, if you're going to jump back to the PS2 era, I would say do 10. I mean, 12 yep. is, does, is not the standout from that time. Um, and then, I mean, it's so weird, but besides 10 and 12, the only other game from that era is then... PS3, which is Final Fantasy XIII. Um, right. Now, Final Fantasy... Th- and Final Fantasy thirteen two. And and Final Fantasy thirteen three because there's Lightning Returns after... Oh, like, did that, like... And that just came out, like, two years yeah, ago, Yeah, right? not that long ago. Ridiculous. Um, I'm sure nobody... But the that. Final Fantasy thirteen gets so much hate. So much hate. Um, right. I enjoyed it more than twelve. Um, the graphic... It's the only one that's on... PS3, so, uh, you know, you could appreciate it for its graphical up- upgrade. Um, and I thought the story for that was one of the better storylines. Um, the, the hate that a lot of people have for that, this game is that the joke is the game is one long corridor. Because um, it's not like, a, there's not a world map, there's not right. uh, any exploration, you're just going down the corridor. But I didn't really mind it. I mean, like, you know that's me. How I felt, that's how I felt about Tales of Zillia when I started playing it. You know me. If I have like an open world, I'll run around forever. Right. So it was kind yeah. of nice to be like pushed along in one direction, <laughs> one direction so I don't get too right. sidetracked. Um, yeah. It, 
And, and you know, like the battle system is still, it's, it's not really the, the typical turn base. It's very action oriented in terms of um, like your decision making. Like you have to be paying attention and you can't like sit and think about your decisions. Uh, you know, people still have roles to some degree in terms of like who's healing, who's doing magic, etc. Um, but, you know, it gets a lot of hate. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the spinoffs, I played a little bit of too. Uh, the, the the sequel to Final Fantasy thirteen and it was all right but I never finished it uh, and then obviously I wouldn't get to the the third part right. um, but that was it uh, and then you know just close out this conversation we have the online games which you know we previously discussed fourteen last week that we both uh, enjoyed it for what it was um, yeah, I thought I, I honestly if if you have time for an MMO um... I, th- I thought it was fantastic, honestly. I thought it was a really good, uh, you know, harking back to the feel of a Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy VII, but in a, I thought, beautiful world, considering it was an MMO. I think they did a really good job of the graphics and, and world there, um, as well as the class system. I thought it was really, really well developed. Yeah. Um, you know, MMOs are a different beast, of course, but I thought the story was actually pretty solid for an MMO. Yeah, definitely. Um, they did a really good job of making you feel like you are a hero, despite the fact that there are obviously millions of you running around in the, in yeah. the world. Um, I, I thought it was really a really nice experience. Obviously, if you're not into it yet, like nobody's like touching Final Fantasy fourteen for the first time now in 2016. So it's probably not worth spending too much time on. Because, yeah. you, um, you do have to kind of hand it to them, though, because... The, the story with Final Fantasy fourteen is that they released the game and it was garbage, and then they right. re-released it as a 2.0, and almost as a brand new game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they totally recovered from it. I mean, it's it a was a successful success. game. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think there's still people, there's still a huge audience actively playing yeah. it. And I think they just had a new release of, of content. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, you know, MMOs have a, a lifespan, but I think they're already doing pretty well. Uh, I think two years into it, um, still have a pretty good active user base. So. Well, I think that actually brings us to one thing that we did skip. You, if you've noticed, we've been talking mostly in chronological order, but we left out Final Fantasy XI, which was Square's right. first uh, foray yeah. into MMO. And I, I actually did play that um, back in the day on uh, my PC, and right when it was released, actually. Um, and I poured a lot of hours into that as well. Right. Um, it was a good... MMO, it's still active right now. They yeah. don't, actually, it was just in the news this past week that they finally were taking down the the PS2 and Xbox servers. <laughs> yeah. but, but it lives on on PC, and oh, there's still nice. people playing it. So um, they did finally like close out the story only just <laughs> a year or two ago. But this game's funny. Yeah, it's been you out have... for f- like 15 years. What a commitment you'd have to have to finally have gotten to the end of the story, which yeah. is another reason why like I end up like. You know, not regretting getting out of Final Fantasy because, like, the commitment would have had to have been for it'll probably be another four or five years before they like completely close out the Final Fantasy fourteen story. And like, who has that kind of commitment? Yeah, but I mean, we from what we played, we got a good. Oh, I I got we got our money's worth. I had a great time. It was great to have an MMO experience because I had never played one before. Probably won't ever have the time to do one again. With one exception, I mean, who knows what gaming's going to be like when I'm 55 years old. Yeah. Like, once all the kids are out of the house and stuff like that, like, I could definitely see myself as, like, an older adult, like, getting into a Final Fantasy MMO. Like, I yeah. think that would be a really fun activity to do with friends at that age. Yeah. Um, 
Who but, knows? Maybe Final Fantasy Thirty will. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, although what's sad if it went at the current rate, you realize it would just be like Final Fantasy Twenty Five. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're old. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I, I I would definitely try it again um, in the future. Um, we don't have to. We're running a little long, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But we also skipped over a few ancillaries like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I mean we have. There's so many, there's yeah, so right. many spinoffs that that, yeah. that deserves a show in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of all the spinoffs, I think I've already discussed this. The one to play is Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, oh right, yeah, we yeah you mentioned that. Um, definitely, we'll give that a try. Uh, Mystic Quest is a good game if you have never played an RPG before and are interested in like, you know, stepping into it. Uh, like if my wife were to play an RPG, like I would suggest mm. Mystic Quest. I mean, I think that was like the talking point at the time. But I think there's more modern starting points that you could... That are, that are simple enough that you can pick up like that? I don't know. I, I don't think know. they just got more and more complicated. In any event, then there's like Crystal Chronicles. There's um, Chocobo, uh, Chocobo Dungeon, is it yeah. called? Um, so there's a ton of those. Uh, you know, I, I've never really gotten involved into any of them yeah. particularly deep. Um, you know, there was also that... Uh, that we wear one yeah what was that called which we both played a little bit like my something like my life as a king yeah that's yeah it. yeah that was kind of fun yeah yeah all right well that's that's it for this week um as usual uh you can find us on dexpshare.com uh we are up on itunes so you should be subscribing there uh write us a little review give us a rating um you can follow us on twitter at at DXP Share. Uh, you can follow me at, I, at IDK, IDK. And Dave can be found at, at O-Trains. Um, if you want to be checking up on our uh, our activity on the PSN network, um, trophies, what we're playing, etc., uh, you can find me at Bezos. And Dave can be found at O-Trains. Um, and then maybe try to stalk us out and find us on Mitomo as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Friend us on Mitomo. It's it's uh, Icicle Crash for Dan. Um, well, no, that's that's the Nintendo Network ID. That's the old uh, old stuff. Yeah. Well, what is the current thing then? I think in order to, to friend us on Mitomo, you essentially got to be uh, following us on Twitter or Facebook. So that's the way to oh, okay. the way to get to us. Um, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Well, follow us on Twitter or Facebook. I guess you won't be Facebook because we're not telling you our Facebook names. But yeah. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, and then, uh, and also my Xbox Live account, I will be on Xbox a little bit. Um, it's just Trains, T-R-A-I-N-S. Um, I'll be on for Quantum Break. And, you know, once I start turning that thing on and updating it, I might actually get involved in some of the games over there. Uh, All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, so we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.